Welcome to the Meta Woman Podcast. We address the issues, opportunities, and challenges facing women in the development of the metaverse, the biggest revolution since the internet itself. Every week, we bring you conversations with top female talent and business executives operating in the gaming and crypto industries. Here's your host, Lindsay the Boss Poss. The Meta Woman Podcast starts now. Hello, and welcome to the Meta Woman Podcast, part of the Holodeck Media Podcast Network. I'm your host, Lindsay the Boss Poss. From struggle to success, we're covering it all. To our returning listeners, thank you so much for supporting the show. And for any new listeners, welcome. I hope you enjoy. We have some great guests this week. This is someone, these are people that I'm very excited to introduce because when I got started in this space, I kept hearing wonderful things about this organization and just gotten so many tips. You got to meet them. You got to meet them. And I was lucky enough that one of these people actually reached out to me first, which was so kind. And I'm so excited to introduce Rebecca Dixon and Laura Dooch. Am I saying that right? Deutsch. Deutsch. Okay. Yeah. I, I always do this thing where I write the names and then immediately in the intro, I'm like, oh my God, I've never said this out loud. Anyways, uh, Rebecca and Laura are co-founders of The Gamers. Welcome to the show, you guys. I'm so excited to have you both. Um, to start, you know. if you could just give the audience a couple sentences to your background. Love to hear your stories. Sure. Rebecca, my name is Rebecca Dixon. I'm one of the co-founders of The Gamers, along with Laura, and we have two other co-founders, Verda Maloney and Heather Owida. And we have, we, we launched our company March of 2020, the same week that COVID shut the country down. And we have been really thrilled to be in the gaming space since then, doing everything we can to create community for women and femme identifying gamers. So I will leave it at that for Laura to introduce herself. So hello everyone. I'm Laura Deutsch. And, um, as Rebecca said, we launched in March of 2020. Rebecca, uh, Heather, and I are no strangers. We've been in business together since 2009 with our uh, other business, which I'm sure we'll get to at some point. Um, but basically, we are community builders, and we're so happy to be building for, for women who game. Just to lay the groundwork for this episode even a little more, can you all tell me what motivated you to start the Gamers? Why gaming? Maybe a little bit of what you were doing before that brought you into this space. Just kind of lay the groundwork for the rest of the conversation. Sure. Laura, do you want to talk about why, how we learned about building community first? And then I, that can, I can segue in. That's, to perfect. The yeah, that's perfect. So as I just previously stated, in um, 2006, a long time ago, um, I had a newborn baby and I found it difficult to meet other women. I didn't feel like I had a community. So I created a, a company to do that. And it was called Mommy Bites. It was in New York City. It started very grassroots um, and it quickly grew and became national and became one of the biggest communities for women with babies. Um, and that is how Heather Oida and Rebecca Dixon came into the story. And we all worked together and, and built up this community together. Um, so that, that is what we do best. We know how to you know, create communities and, and make people feel welcome. And, we, um, and then I will segue now to let Rebecca say how we got into the gaming space, because that was more on her end. Sure. So... I, I joined Laura and Heather. My personal background is in media buying and advertising. So I've worked with brands alongside of communities for my whole career. And I joined Laura and Heather at Mommy Bites because they were um, getting inundated with brands who wanted to work with them. And, and we were lucky enough to be in a position um, a few years after that to sell the company. And so having sold a company... We, um, we are entrepreneurs at heart, and we found ourselves with some pretty strong adjacencies to the gaming space. Um, very briefly, my family is involved in the ownership group of Team Envy, so I had been watching esports from the sidelines, and this was back in um, 2016. At the beginning, 2016 is when we sold our company, so uh, I started paying more attention to it. You know, I had a little more time on my hands. And esports was a not a word I think that everyone in the world knew at that time. Now I would say it's pretty pretty well known. 
But I was fascinated by the size of the gaming industry, by how quickly it was growing, and by the often quoted statistic that women were half of gamers. So that's where I sat. Um, totally coincidentally, Heather, one of our other co-founders, she went from parenting to toys and was working with Al Khan, the visionary behind Pokemon, and doing some licensing and business development work with him. And she started noticing the same thing, like, where are these 50% of women? Because while we haven't been in the gaming space before this, it certainly doesn't seem that there are 50% are there, you know, they don't, it doesn't feel like that in the, in the press and in, in the general way you envision gamers. And so um, along with Laura, we kind of got the gang back together and did a deep dive into, into the space. And we found that, uh, yep, it's pretty true. Women are about half of gamers. And, you know, you can look, you can analyze it a variety of different ways. But certainly women represent a much larger portion of the gaming community and the gaming industry than is represented. And, and there are some parts of it where they could be represented a little more. Um, we found a lot of great people in the space working very hard to sort of change that narrative. Um, many nonprofits who we love working with to this day and many superstar women speaking on panels and trying to do create pipelines. But what we didn't find was what we felt like we could bring to the table, which is community building. We, um, as Laura said, have had experience doing that successfully. And so, so we did it and we knew that we wouldn't be able to do it. You know, of course, the, the situation that exists around women in gaming is only amplified when you layer on women femme identifying all of the marginalized communities mm -hmm. in the gaming space. So our fourth co-founder, Verda Maloney, has a career of really deep experience in DEIB work. She has done audits and has, um, work with a lot of nonprofits, a lot of universities, a whole host of, of uh, organizations. And so along with Verda, she's also an excellent community, community builder. We, we launched the business and we've been just having a great time ever since. I didn't realize that you all had transitioned from one company to another. I think that's in, in a world where Marvel is the most powerful movie franchise. That's kind of that's a really neat origin story um, to have all to have your team be able to shift focus from from one very unique community just straight into another unique community. Uh, that's that's really neat. And I, I like that you all sort of found a niche in both. I think one of the hard parts about getting into gaming is that there's so many things out there, so many people. And it's the same thing with with, um, you know, parents and adults. There's so many ways to get involved. I think that it's important to carve out spaces where specific people are kind of catered to or specific groups are thought about. Well, that's, I think that's what it is. Um, I just had this amazing experience this morning. My kid's school opened up an event that we, as parents, haven't been allowed to go to in two years because of COVID. And that's it was so exciting. So, it was so heartwarming. I was actually in tears the whole time. And because human beings are made to be parts of communities, you know, we want to be, we want to be around people that we can relate to. And so while parenting and ga the gaming space might seem super um, unrelated as groups, there the, that need for a community, I think, is not um, is not that different. And it's exactly what Laura identified, you know, in her mm -hmm. founded Mommy Bites. Yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense to me. And speaking of these community events and things, I know that you all have kind of two uh, main or larger programs that you focus on. There's the awards show and the dream stream, which as we are recording is happening. But I think once mm -hmm. this podcast is released, it may be over with, um, which is a little bit unfortunate because I wish we could you know, advertise that for right now. But everyone make sure to mark your calendars for the dream stream next year. But could you all just describe those two programs, what you hope to accomplish with them and how you've seen them grow since you started in 20 in early 2020? You know, that's a we've only yeah. had about two years now, but. I still have, I still would wager a bet that things have changed since then. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I, I really believe that our story as the gamers really started with the Gamer Awards. They are the heart and soul of, of who we are as a community. 
Um, so, you know, obviously when we started this, we wanted to you know, create a place for women and them identifying gamers to connect and feel comfortable and feel safe and feel included. And that's, that's our original, that is our mission. But then we thought what, like, not just let's create a space for them to feel safe, let's highlight them and make them feel special and, and honor them for all the incredible work that they are doing in gaming, which is how we came up with the Gamers Award. Um, so in November of 2020 was our first one, started with about 20 categories of, of awards. And it, it really, it just, it, it really resonated and it kind of put us on the map and helped us really take off as a company. Um, people just were so honored and pleased and excited to actually, you know, be recognized and celebrated for all that they have been doing all this time. And it's the first awards show that was really created for women by women. There's other awards programs out there, um, but they're, they're very, you know, mask heavy. And this was the first time that we were able to do this for, for our community. Um, I will let Rebecca add on to that and, and also continue with the dream. Sure. Yeah. So the, when the awards ended the first year, we were so blown away by the response that we got. I mean, quite literally, we, we were blown away. Um, and then they ended. And then we were like, what, ah, what do we do now? So um, we wanted to continue them. And we also wanted to stay true to our mission that Laura just talked about. Yes, community building, but also providing or, you know, trying to create opportunities that would provide um, some exposure for women. So we basically invited the finalists, winners, and, and some of the nominees of the awards to stream on our Twitch. And so they did, and they were, uh, were and are, the dream stream, like you mentioned, is current. They were, uh, we, they were really excited to do it, and we were really excited to kind of continue that momentum. So the dream stream is also like the, it's kind of the, the post-awards celebration. Um, but I want to, I want to make sure to, to share that if, it, when this podcast airs, if the dream stream is over, Luckily, they are actually not the only two things we do. We have we have a ton of other stuff both coming up on our calendar in, in um, sort of like the community side of the of our business that's kind of on our on our, all of our platforms, our media platforms. Um, and so I'll, I'll share a little bit about the one that's probably the, the soonest. Um, and then we also just launched an app, and that's what Laura can can talk to you about um, in detail because she led our app group, but. The, one of the events that we have coming up, and it, it, the date hasn't been confirmed, but it will be soon, is a professional career boot camp. And it's an opportunity mm -hmm. where we bring a lot of women from the industry, along with um, you, you know, anybody, but generally probably collegiate women and women who are looking to get into the space. And so we sit at this really amazing and sort of fortunate intersection of having a community and being accessible to women in the industry who really feel passionate about providing opportunities. So the weekend is full of mentorships, one-on-one -on -one mentorships with really big superstars in the industry, um, panels, opportunities for collegiate women to stream, uh, networking events. Last year, it was all virtual. It, it will still be primarily virtual, mostly because we want it to be available. But we, we may have some in-person events and we're just, we're super excited for that. We're in a, in a position now, last year we did primarily have, we had the awards, Dreamstream Bootcamp, but we'll, more and more we're adding as much as we sort of have the capacity to add to our calendar because the, the more we can kind of program, the more community we can build. That's so great. I feel as if I should thank you as a host because you've made this transition very easy. Um, so I appreciate that. If you ever wanted to host a podcast, you should do it. And if, if, uh, if my job, if you want to have my job, feel free to take it over because you mentioned the app. So I, I definitely want to get into talking about the app. I know you all just recently launched it. I would love to hear what you're hoping to do with it, how it fits into the overall mission, how these events are going to be incorporated into the app, all of that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So 
we we as four co-founders knew right from the start that we were going to have an app. Um, it we wanted to be in business a little while to hear from our community because the one thing that was really important to us was not to guess. We didn't want to guess what people wanted. We wanted facts. We wanted to hear from our community and see what they wanted. And once you know, we really got the the picture that women just wanted to meet again. It, it's our mission, other women in a safe and inclusive space to chat, to game, to talk about things. But the most interesting part that we realized is that, you know, gamers are have way more interest than just gaming, believe it or not. They love their pets. They love to read. They love their podcasts. They love to cook. Um, and they want to talk about that too. So we looked around and while there are other communities where you can come together as gamers, they're very heavily gaming focused, which is wonderful, but there wasn't the place to have kind of a balance of gaming and other interests. So that's how we created the the gamers app. And with the um, surveys we did with our community, they helped us to pick which groups in our app people can be a part of. So again, we do have tons of groups about gaming, such as streaming, careers in gaming, cosplay, lots of gaming related topics. But we also have just as many non-gaming related topics like pet love and culinary corner. And just lots of great, great fun stuff. And I think that was the magic potion that really made our app a truly unique place right from the start. Um, it we we um, when we launched, we launched with about seventy five ambassadors, and these were our. These were people who were really devoted and want, really helped us to create this app. And they, they were model, behavior modelers. They came in and they showed the community what we're all about. And they're such incredible women and they're compassionate and they're friendly and they're welcoming and accepting and caring. And these were the people that were leading the beta program of our app. So when other people started coming into our app as we were letting more people into the beta, they just couldn't believe how friendly it was and how welcoming and how at ease they felt the moment they came into the app. Um, and I think that was the, the magic potion that just kind of created this community that's truly unlike any other out there. Um, I mean, you should hear some of these betas women were saying like, you know, wow, we finally feel like we're home and this is just like a, a, a unique place. And so we're really just thrilled with how, you know, we only launched a few months ago. Um, but what's important to us is to continue listening to our community. We constantly are doing surveys and we're so excited for our new iterations of the app that are coming. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, so it's just been quite a wild, wild ride and experience. So let me ask you why you chose to go the app route. And the reason why I'm asking that is because we do have things like Discord or Facebook groups in terms yeah. of bringing together yeah. our community. There's obviously limitations, but I'm wondering what you all saw that wasn't being offered in those platforms that made you want to develop your own platform, an entirely new space. Yeah. What were, what were those gaps that you wanted to address? So there, there were definitely gaps. Um, <laughs> when you, if you go to the app store, the Google play store and you Google like communities for gamers, there are a bunch out there. Um, but we found again, they were very um, male centric very hardcore with with lots of masculine energy which is fine but we didn't see the other side of it so the so apps we wanted a place where people can go on their phone at any moment all the time right so that's what prompted us to look well what apps are out there and then we also know discord is huge in the gaming community and from the you know polls that we've done 
we, you know, as wonderful and incredible as Discord has been for the gaming community, it can also be quite overwhelming <clears throat> and a little confusing. And that's what we, that was the feedback we got. Um, a little intimidating to come into a Discord group when you haven't been there and people know each other. They just, so, so between those two things of the major communication um, Discord app, you know, and the feedback we got from women, as well as the apps, the social networking apps that were out there are so gaming focused again, which is wonderful, but we, we didn't find the in-between. Um, and that's, that, that was the, that was the aha moment. We need a, a gaming focused app, social networking, welcoming, safe, inclusive. So when people come in, they feel at home, but they're not just talking about their game. They love talking about their games, but there's other stuff there. So that's where we found our, our niche. And, and it, it, we were spot on with that. And uh, yeah, so that's how it kind of all came together. You know, Laura, something else I know that I have heard you talk about and uh, people in our community on that topic is, and by the way, we have a Discord community that yeah. is wonderful and it acts like Discord communities are, and it's incredible. Uh, we obviously couldn't be in the gaming space without having a relevant Discord community. But I do think that Discord, for the most part, it it's it's a little bit of what Laura it is what Laura said. And to add to that, it wasn't necessarily meant just to go on and just join and just find a group. It's like it's the group where the people, you know, this game has has a Discord community with this event or whatever. And so just for women in gaming and chatting about all the stuff Laura was just talking about. And then the other thing is the security in Discord and blocking people you don't want to see. That mm -hmm. was kind of heard a lot. And in our app, you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to see people if you have an issue with them. It's, it's user-based blocking, basically. And we really haven't had that problem very much anyway. Um, so to, I, add, yeah. to add to that safety level, Rebecca, that's so true. Yeah. Um, there have been, you know, people who quite frankly are get stalked on discord so safety was a huge huge part of our development and what we have done was any person in our app has the ability to block any other user and when they do that if they block a user they will never see any of the comments or anything that that user so it's literally like that user is erased from our community because what we found is that sometimes you can block someone from a community, but they'll just find their way back in. Um, and this was a, was a great way to make people feel safe. Um, but to Rebecca's point, we haven't had to block any yet. So we, you know, we wanted to have that in place yeah. just in case, but it's been a few months now and not, and it's just been really, really great. This has been a theme that I've noticed kind of throughout as I've had more of these conversations and done more of these podcasts. And it just, it seems to be much easier to build something from the ground up than it is to adapt a tool that maybe already has some implicit rules against it. Um, and that is where I think that you have a huge advantage in building your own app because things like safety or moderated conversations or all of that, you're not constantly trying to all of these other platforms, right? Twitter, Facebook, Discords, all social media. They were, a lot of them were built 10 years ago and now they're having to figure out and adapt. Whereas building something right now today with these rules in place doesn't mean that there's any implicit thought towards, well, I got away with this before, but I can't now kind of thing. Um, and I've, I've noticed that throughout the gaming community and even with games themselves, it's been way easier for Valorant to stop toxic culture than it has been for League of Legends, which has been around for so long and has that just baked in at this point. Um, the whole starting something versus adapting what's already there seems to be the starting something end seems to be where a lot of a lot of women or groups that are working with minorities are tending to thrive at the moment because um, adapting I, things that are already there has been a challenge. Yeah, I think so, because, you know, if you're trying to include, if you're trying to create an inclusive community, you know, you want it to be yours and with functionality. When I say yours, for us, that means it's our communities. 
community and how, you know, every step of the development um, that Laura led, but it was, all the decisions were made based on feedback from, you know, the gamers in our community. Yeah. Well, and speaking of that, I wanted to ask you all what strategies you have employed to make sure that you're building diverse, equitable, and inclusive communities. I know you've had some struggles in the two years that you've been alive here, um, but what? how are you constantly evolving or adapting to your community needs and where are you searching for feedback or where are you employing different strategies to try to address those needs? What, what does that look like for you in these two years? Sure. Um, I'm happy to take that first, Laura, and then Laura, and you can add anything. Sure. Um, you know, we we launched and immediately used tactics that we had learned in our um, former company about community building, which is is kind of on it touches on what I just said, which is always getting feedback from the community. Of course, that's very easy to do when when you're on social media. Um, and so, you know, we did a lot of targeted questioning, and we I mean, we did also outside of Outside of just social media, you know, we, we, we were able to go to two PAXs. Um, we ran the survey. We ran really in-depth focus groups. Um, and we're always talking to, to women in the community and in the industry. So, you know, as a very baseline, that's, that's the tactic. That being said, in this, um, in this not this space, but in the, in, this, in the area of making sure that we're being inclusive at all times, it's a journey. Because we are not, we are not representative of everybody that we want to include at all times, and so the best thing that we do is we uh, we certainly employ consultants um, at all times. We also get feedback from you know if we have something on social which was you know which didn't translate in um, an, in an appropriate way according to a user or a, a commenter, we do everything we can to try to actually meet that person and talk to them. And I think to date, we haven't had a situation that I know of that hasn't been somewhat um, resolved, um, you know, in that, in that way. But that said, I, w- I won't use the word resolved period because it's an ongoing discussion. And, and so we are, um, we're also big believers in just saying we, we are here to create an inclusive community. That's why we launched our, our business. and we are also humans. And so if we don't, if we do something that's not inclusive, we will apologize and try to do better and move on. Um, and I would say we actually haven't had that many um, challenges. We've had a couple things on Twitter that didn't translate um, well and for reasons that make total sense in retrospect. And so we, we hired people. We believe in paying consultants and paying women to to analyze what our messaging is and then changing it if we need to. I think it's really important to be nimble um, when you're trying to be inclusive and yep. to recognize when things didn't go very well. Um, and it takes a lot of bravery to do that too. So I, I appreciate that honesty. Yeah. And to shift to maybe a little bit more positive or light tone, what are some of the projects, events, partnerships, anything of that that you all have really enjoyed working on that have been, you know, smash community successes. I know the, the awards is one of them, but I would love to hear from you guys personally, what has been just really fun for you. I'll go first. Sure. Um, I, the whole journey has been fun. I do have to say, and it's been a really, I think I'm trying to think of the, a word that's kind of strong enough, but it's, just been a really wonderful time to be in this industry and in this, um, you know, the space of, of trying to create an inclusive community because we've only existed during COVID since the social justice movement of 2020 got, you know, a lot of momentum and, and we have gotten pretty much consistently positive feedback and support since the day we launched. So we are, we're really thrilled about that. If I had to pull out one thing that's been really exciting for me, and it's not necessarily more exciting than everything else, but it's just, uh, it's something we haven't talked about. It's something that I'm very kind of can't wait for right now is we are thrilled to be launching some really great pro- programming community um, and events in the collegiate space. So we already 
are in the collegiate space. We've been to some events, some networking events, some events where high school students were um, in tournaments with college coaches watching them. And we have, you know, as COVID has kind of been open and closed over the past couple of months, depending on what, what city you're in, we, we feel more and more that we will, will be at events. But, but we've got uh, some big announcements coming. And again, depending on when this podcast airs, it might be right around the same time. But we are very, very exciting, excited to be impactful in the collegiate space. And our, you know, at the heart of what we want to do beyond community building is really, and Laura touched on this very early on in this conversation, but is find ways to amplify and celebrate and highlight the women that are doing positive things in gaming or creating positive initiatives. It's why we, we ran the awards from day one. And I think that we also learned early on that if we are going to make that difference for women in gaming, we're going to create those pipelines to jobs and and be impactful we better take the collegiate space pretty seriously because it's a it's a big space it's the demographic of humans in this country and around the world that are going to be in the workforce that are going to be gaming with their kids that are going to be making the buying decisions and they're that are going to create and exemplify what community is all about what inclusivity inclusivity is all about so we're not in the business of, of, you know, getting in the way of positive initiatives that are already happening. So the collegiate space was a little complicated because there are some things happening here. It's fragmented over here. There are tournaments there. Some schools have an esports team. Some have a gaming club. Sometimes it's aligned with the athletic department. You know, it, it's really all over the place, but we have a, a great um, kind of, you know, announcement in the next, in the coming weeks. And what I would say for anybody listening is if you are at a school and you don't know about the gamers, definitely go on our website. We already have a collegiate section. You can get involved and we are just super excited about it. So that, that, yes, our, 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 we're very excited about the collegiate space. That was very much driven by Rebecca and her passion. Incredible. Um, my passion more comes into like the creativity of really building stuff that hasn't been built before for people. So, so these gamers, like the gamer awards, when we came up with that idea and really seeing an idea from the beginning through fruition and having, having people really appreciate it and enjoy it. Right. So, so that's what we're constantly doing in the game hers. We're again we came up with the gamer awards and then the dream stream and we have so many aspiring professionals which is how we're doing boot camp. And as as the um you know as I was developing the app and as we were seeing what was happening in the app we noticed something very interesting and we noticed that there are a lot, a lot of, of streamers that are in our app. Um, some are just starting out beginning and some are, you know, a month or two in, um, but they're all, they all want to build their, their, it's, it's, it's a career path for them that, or they want it to be. And the, the, the questions and the comments about streaming, which really, opened up a light bulb for us and we're ticking and we have some wonderful um ideas brewing for all you streamers out there and people who like to watch streams that will be coming to our app so for me the joy of of creating is is seeing what's there and seeing the need and then creating something to fill that need so um more to come Closer to the second half of uh, 2022, beginning of 23, but um, we're very, very excited about um, where the app is going to go. And I have, I have to give Laura some some uh, props. She she was very modest there, but that is her passion. We all have different roles, but Laura thought of the awards, created them, kind of was all in charge of them the first year, and by the second year, someone else had to do it because she was onto the app. So she's um, you know, kind of be behind the scenes, just pumping out new ideas at all times. So, thank you. I love it. So neat. Yeah. 
Well, I, I personally also love doing this podcast because I love giving women the chance to brag either about themselves or for the person who should be bragging about themselves. <laughs> um, so thank you for that introduction. Um, I, I want to zoom out a little bit here. And I know you all have talked about now building in the collegiate space, building for streamers, building for kind of your average everyday person who is looking to not necessarily be super hardcore into gaming, um, which I think is a lot of what Discord offers. And also, Rebecca, when you pointed out the Discord is confusing, totally agree when it comes to building massive servers. It, I, I like being part of smaller Discord communities, but the large ones can be very overwhelming um, when if they're if they're not hosted by someone who is intensely trying to keep them together, which is a whole other issue. But just to zoom out on that a little more, I part of the reason why I started this show is as a hyper casual gamer, I didn't feel that I really fit in with gaming culture. Uh, I watched friends play intense shooter games and I kind of knew about the bigger, more popular games, you know, League of Legends and all that. But I definitely stuck to playing puzzle games on my phone. And so it seems as if you all are trying to carve out a space for those people like me as well, who are more into the hyper casual thing, who who aren't going to spend five hours digging into a League of Legends discord. Not that there's anything wrong with that, because there's not. But there's this wide world out there of people who haven't necessarily gotten a chance to really interact with the gaming space. And I, I do think that those people tend to be more women, um, just because women tend to play more casual games. So with that in mind, can you just tell me how you're working to kind of incorporate people like me who are more maybe on the periphery of the space, still very interested in it, still should be included. But what are you looking for? And then are you, what are you thinking that you wish that other companies or other organizations would do for people more in my position? Uh, I can go first on that one if you want, or Laura, it's up to you either way. Rebecca, you go. Um, so a, a couple things. I think we, we're sitting at this moment in time where gaming is intersecting with so many other things. And so, you know, 87% of Gen Z games, I think it's, I read the other day, like 94 or 96% of Gen Alpha. So what, what the word gaming even means is probably going to be evolving as it, you know, is, as songs are released in games, as sports, I mean, there's, you know, the place plan and the NFL announced a huge partnership yesterday. Um, it just, it doesn't end. It's military, NASA, the medical world, right? So while, while, while all of those intersections are happening, and then while you have, you know, the hardcore gamers and the hyper-casual gamers, I think at the end of the day, first of all, what are we doing for gamers like you? A lot of our community, um, our community spans all of it, right? And so maybe you wouldn't consider yourself um, a gamer. I don't know that that everybody, uh, even on our co-founding team, would have considered themselves uh, a, a really a gamer before we before we launched this company. Now that we've launched it, um, we first of all found out, well, oh, wait, we all were gamers already. Um, and then, of course, now that we're here, some of us game um, more, more consistently. And our co-founder, Verda, actually has a show on our Twitch every week. So, but I think... I think it just becomes less less important. And what'll happen as that intersection happens is that all of the other things that everybody's already involved in are going to be referencing games and those lines are just going to be blurred. So I, I definitely want to let Laura weigh in on, on her thoughts of what, what are we doing? But I think what, we, what we're doing is what we've always done, which is just watch the trends, watch what our community is talking about. We'll certainly continue to watch the you know the numbers and the percentage of of women who are casual gaming because it's a lot and we want to be relevant to them as well yeah and listen i know i'm a little bit biased here um but i do want to talk about how the app really does kind of um allow for more casual gamers like yourself um at full disclosure i didn't consider myself a gamer at all before we started this but now that I'm I do puzzles I do cube cube I love all that stuff so I guess technically I was a gamer and I have a 
13-year-old son who plays 24-7. So I see the Fortnite. I see it all. I get that. But there was a huge learning curve when we came on, like, you know, learning about everything. And and now that I really feel like we're in the space and we know, you know, what's going on. Um, but the app and the app feels like a place where I can genuinely, authentically be myself and contribute again because of all of the other things that are happening in our app. So because it's not just gaming focused, I feel that the more casual gamers can really find a place for themselves there and not be intimidated. Um, because to be honest, the non-gaming posts get just as much interaction and love and likes as the gaming ones. So again, I know I am biased, but I do want to say this to people out there who feel like they like the game for sure. It's not their heart and soul, but our app is more than that. Our app is just a warm, welcoming place for anybody. And to be honest, even if you don't game, but you're looking for a community be to be a part of and feel accepted and, and be encouraged, it's our app. So I, I had to say that. <laughs> yeah, I love the plug. It's totally fine. And like I said, you all are making these transitions so easy because speaking of the line being blurred between gamers and non-gamers, how are you all thinking about the metaverse? How are you thinking about what does, first of all, what does the metaverse mean to you? We talk about it on the show a lot, but the metaverse means a lot of different things and it's so early on. Um, I'm really trying to have these conversations now so that in five years, <laughs> we don't have the wrong people controlling the metaverse, whatever that may be. Um, but what are you all thinking about when it comes to approaching the metaverse, which is even more of a blurred line between gamers and non-gamers? And how can we make sure that the right people, the right voices, the right ideas kind of get that funding to be able to build a very inclusive, warm community or several communities within the metaverse? Rebecca, you want to begin and then I'll come in? Yeah, yeah sure. You know, I think it, like you said, it is early. And we are certainly very uh, actively watching everything that's happening with the metaverse. Uh, how do I define the metaverse? I mean, of course, you ask 10 people and you get 10 different definitions. I think what's going to be interesting in the metaverse is to see how, um, you know, and again, how far down the line this is, but how we can interact um, virtually and, and so with sort of more more realistic interactions. And I think where that's going to be very impactful is, is with brands. Um, and as I don't think we've mentioned this, but, but one reason we founded ourselves as a company, a for-profit company instead of a nonprofit, is uh, first of all, there were a lot of nonprofits already doing great initiatives in this space, and we wanted to be able to support them. But also because we felt like to build a community that was inclusive in the way that we wanted it to be, we would need the, the buy-in from all of the different um, pillars of the industry. So that East, you know, the esports boards, publishers, the nonprofits, the universities, um, and the brands, because brands are so important. And you know, we were talking about collegiate before, as this generation of of students graduates from college and goes into the real world and interacts with brands. They care more about what's behind the brands that they're interacting with than than ever before. And while we we live this um, current life, but the metaverse is going to make this even more and more. That's a little bit fluid between between virtual and and real life. Um, you know, we're, we see it with hybrid events, right? And maybe COVID made hybrid events somebody something everybody knew about. But I think it only sped them up. We were already going there. Um, and the metaverse is, is sort of another example of where you can, you know, be, be somewhere, see a brand instead of just an advertisement for the brand. It's going to feel like the brand is actually there. And um, what that looks like at the gamers. I mean, right now, honestly, we are super focused on building our community, creating an inclusive space. And that is what we're spending the majority of our time doing. Whilst while actively watching all you know everything developing in metaverse discussions, yeah, it, I mean, just to add a little bit to that, I, I I feel like as with all disruptive new technology experience, there is so much good that can come away from it. I mean, 
when I think of the metaverse, I just think of connecting people in such a profound way, which is absolutely, you know, astounding. That said, it can also bring on a potential, you know, negative things as well. And I feel like because we're just at the, you know, the forefront of this metaverse, I think that people, companies, technology have an opportunity to do it right, right from the start. I feel like in the gaming industry, there's been a lot of big apologies from companies who have not necessarily been as inclusive or, um, you know, just welcoming and safe. And because the metaverse could become such a huge thing, I hope that this time around, um, companies will you will really think about doing it right and and making people's avatars feel safe when they're in a community out there because that's a thing. That's a thing I've heard. Even like avatars, I'm not even kidding you. I've heard of an av someone in a virtual space where their avatar has got ha uh, got attacked, and it was really really um, upsetting for this person. So so anyway, I just you know again that's I just hope that we can learn from our mistakes as a collective gaming space and, and, and do it right. Totally agree with that. I think prioritizing safety is so important. And just to summarize before we get into the last segment, all the, all the things we've talked about so far, I know you all have really focused on the community building aspect, both in carving out a niche and in serving that niche's important and unique interests. Um, I think that you've mentioned, too, that we all have a natural tendency towards community. So building those to be adaptable and welcome is really important. Your app, which you've mentioned several times, and it sounds it sounds great. I, I actually have downloaded and used it a little bit. And so I do I do recommend it to those folks out there that are looking for a way to get more involved with gaming, but are maybe a little bit more hesitant. Um, and your app is a space not only for gaming, but truly for community building, for welcoming people who are at all stages of of gaming and non-gaming to meet and to connect and to talk about fun stuff together which is which is great uh, and i know that we went a little bit through what being inclusive means to you part of it is always looking for feedback and another part of it is being willing to adapt or change something change a message change a product when it's necessary the last thing we kind of got into was the metaverse gaming versus non-gaming and how that line is getting more and more blurred. The metaverse is an example where you can be fully absorbed without being there. And we have an opportunity to build whatever this metaverse world means from the very start to prioritize safety and inclusion and equity. So hopefully companies throughout this past couple years of hopefully what is a real reckoning will take those lessons forward into building new tech and future entertainment experiences. So the last segment that I do, and I do this on every show, so our returning listeners will be familiar, is I ask you for a moment of reflection. And this is a just a chance for you to look back on your career, where you're at now, and to answer the question, what is one thing you would like to tell your younger self about getting into the gaming or tech industry and being successful? So I guess I'll start with that one. Um, and I, I think you know, as by trade, I, I'm a math teacher um, for, for junior high and high school, right? And that was my jam and I loved it. Um, and then again, like I said, when, when I had my, my first child and, and created the first business, I had no idea that there was an entrepreneur in me. I really had no idea. Um, and so who you think you are there are things inside of you that you may not know exist. So what I would like to tell, you know, people is just, you know, life is just so short. And, and I know all of these, all of these, um, you know, advice uh, types of expressions are so trite, but it's very true. And you just need to kind of stop thinking and just do it. Like I always truly believe Nike says it best. Um, you know, when I had my first event as, you know, when I started the the mommy business and I was taking a cab with my mother and my six month old daughter and my butterflies were like, and I'm like, what the heck am I doing? But 
again, here's another tradeism. Fake it till you make it. I walked in and I ran the show, even though I was scared as heck. So whether that be wanting to start a business, whether that be wanting to um, change careers, whether that wanting to be any path in life, you, you, you really, you only regret another tritism, but it's true. You only regret what you didn't try, right? That's the only regret in life. If you try something and it didn't work, you know what? You still can be proud of yourself for trying. So I just wanted to give a, like my advice is like a little pep talk here. Like life is too short and anyone can do anything and you, you need to build the life you want for yourself. So I would say be confident, go for it, listen to your gut and, and just do it. Uh, that's hard to follow, Laura. That was pretty, I'm inspired by that too. <laughs> I, um, my, my advice, first of all, my advice would be all this, everything Laura just said. And what I also always lean into is like Laura said, also, you may not exactly know what you want to do, but if you have an idea, Let's say you want to work in the esports and gaming industry, but you don't really know what to do. I think a lot of it is about hard work and people. Surround yourself with as many people who you can to learn from, connect with them, talk to them in this virtual world. Go on LinkedIn, go on Twitter, join groups, and something will, will bubble up. I mean, you know, even all of the ideas that we've done in the development of this company, we didn't have those all from day one. They've developed over time. And I really strongly believe a lot of the reason I am sitting where I'm sitting today is because of the people I've surrounded myself with. And I'm super grateful for that. So thank you. That is a wonderful tribute. And I will just point out to our listeners that Rebecca actually reached out to me on LinkedIn. So I do recommend the reaching out to people via LinkedIn strategy because really, really great things can, uh, can come of that. Thank you all so much for coming on. Where can people find you if you want to be found? Feel free to plug anything you want to plug. Uh, let, let all the listeners know how they can interact with you in your communities. Sure. We are at the Game Hers on all socials and the Game Hers app in the App Store. And I'm Rebecca Dixon. Yeah, I'm Laura Deutsch. <laughs> Feel free. And we would, we love, we love hearing from people. So we just we do. You know, reach out. We, we'd love to hear from you. Yes. Be sure to follow them on all your social medias, reach out on LinkedIn, do the whole bit. And for our listeners, don't forget to leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Be sure to check out other holodeck media podcasts, including meta business for all the metaverse finance stories you could ever want and business of esports for interviews with industry leaders. You can catch me Wednesday nights on the Business of Esports live after show, and you can catch this podcast in your feed every Tuesday. See you next week. Thanks for joining us here on Meta Woman. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast everywhere you get your podcasts, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends, family, and colleagues all about us. Also, make sure to follow Meta TV on all socials to get more of the best metaverse content anywhere. Tune in every week for another episode of Meta Woman.